comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. I'm speaking on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. The Bible said, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is what? Excess. But be filled, for that is debauchery. But be ever filled, please take note of that, be ever filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Be ever filled. The word be ever also can be translated as be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say be continuously filled. It's not a one-off thing. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-off thing. That you, you are prayed for or you believe God and the Holy Spirit came upon you and you spoke in tongues and that ended it. No. He says, be ever filled with the Spirit. Be ever. Be ever. And this is critical because of who the Holy Spirit is. Be ever filled with the Spirit. Be ever filled. Be ever filled and stimulated with the Spirit. The contemporary English version puts it this way. He said, don't destroy yourself by getting drunk. But let the Spirit fill your life. May the Holy Spirit fill your life. I said, may the Holy Spirit fill your life. And what a privilege. One avenue through which the Holy Spirit fills us is through the engagement of the prayer altar. Somebody say the prayer altar. The prayer altar. We see it in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Chapter 4, verse 31. At chapter 4, verse 31. At 431, King James Version. He says, And when they had prayed, not if they had prayed, when they had what? Prayed, the place was shaking where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. May you be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. I said, Be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. When they had prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That's one avenue. So when you are not praying, you deny you are you are robbing yourself of an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is a vital avenue for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, this was not the first time they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 1. When the Holy Ghost was come, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible said they were all filled. Good. When did they open to go to verse 1, please? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, we will not go and refer to it, but when you read Acts chapter 1 verse 14, we are told that they were all together in one place, praying and waiting. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible said they were all with one accord in one place, doing what? Praying and waiting on God. And what happened? Verse 2. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. May you be filled again with the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is someone you must know. Somebody say, I must know. And I'm not talking on a, in a corporate sense. I'm talking about in a personal way. You need to know him. You need to know him. You need to know him. Your greatest companion in life is none other but the Holy Spirit. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for a father who loves you. Thank God for your husband. Your greatest companion in life is the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest companion, your greatest helper, your greatest advocate in life. Look at what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 16, verse 5 to 7. John chapter 16, verse 5 to 7. Satan knows that when you get to know the Holy Spirit in a personal way, we are reading from the New Living Translation. In a personal way, a lot of things will change about your life. So he has given people a lot of wrong misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. If there is any part of the Trinity or any person of the Trinity that people really have a problem with is none other but the Holy Spirit. The Jehovah Witness people, they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And they are not the only people. There are other people too who don't accept the person of the Holy Spirit. They believe Jesus is real. God the Father is real, but the Holy Spirit has no place. But let me tell you, as early as Genesis, the Holy Spirit manifested. In fact, he is the first of the three persons of the Godhead to be mentioned specifically by name in the Bible. The Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God created. And the word God in the Hebrew symbolizes the, the three in one God. So he was not talking about the Father there. He says, in the beginning, God created, go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. King James Version, please. In the beginning, God, Elohim Barak. That's what it means. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now go to verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, see, see how it works. The Holy Spirit came on the sea first before the word was spoken forth. We knew the Holy Spirit before we got to know Jesus Christ. And yet Satan has successfully manipulated people. There are people who are even in charismatic churches like us and they still have doubt and concerns about the Holy Spirit. You'll be a concern. If you have concerns about the Holy Spirit, you end up becoming a concern. Praise God. The way he manifests. Some people even have problems with it. They are too gentle to be visited by the Holy Ghost. But may you be visited by the Holy Ghost. The earth was without form. When he came upon the scene, order and decency was restored. May decency come into someone's life. Can somebody give me a believing amen? amen? You must know him. I'm teaching on knowing the Holy Spirit. Somebody say knowing the Holy Spirit. Knowing the Holy Spirit. 
There are many things you want to know. There are many people you want to know. But if there is one person you must get personal with and know him for real, I want you to know in this teaching and all the other series that will follow that that person is none other but the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. Look at what the Bible says. In John 16 verse 5 to 7. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because I have told you that I'm going away. Now, this is the disciples of Jesus. Jesus tells them, it's time for me to go back to where I came from. And the Bible says, when he said that, immediately, they all got pissed off. They started, they became disturbing their spirit. Why? Going where? We are enjoying your company. When we need uh, fish, you, you just command it and it comes from the sea. Whatever we need, you make available. How, how are you saying that you are going? All of a sudden, the Bible said they became sad and they were worried that Jesus was telling them he's going away. Then he said, but in fact, it is best for you. Somebody say it's best for me. You see, God knows the best. I read a scripture in the book of Psalm 84, verse 11, many years ago. He said, the Lord God, he's a son, he's a shield. He will give grace and he will give glory. And no good thing would he withhold from them that walk upright. From that scripture, I concluded, anything I want, I don't have now, God knows is not good for me. But the time I need it and God knows is the best for me, it will come to me. Can somebody give me an amen? He said, it is best for you, not good, it's best for you that I go away. Why? Because if I go, if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Praise God. When I go, he will come back to you. I told you a couple of months, I think about a month ago, that the Holy Spirit is Jesus come back to us. And when we get into the Greek, you'll be able to appreciate what we are talking about here. Now, come to the Amplified Version. I like it so much. He says, and I'll ask the Father, John 14, 16, and 18, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. John 14, 16 to 18. Amplified version. And I will ask the father. Somebody say, I will ask the father. And he will give you what? Another comforter. Somebody say, another comforter. In other words, I was a comforter to you. But as I'm going now, another comforter is coming. The word another in the Greek. There are two main words that are used. Are translated as another in the Greek. One is heteros. Heteros. H-T-E-R-O-X. Heteros. That is another. And then the other word that is also used to uh, interpret it as another is alos. Somebody say alos. Alos is A-L-L-O-S. Alos. Now, these two are translated in the Greek as another. So when we say another, we have to now ask, which another are you talking about? Is it alos or is heteros? Praise God. Now, heteros means that another of a different kind. Another of a different kind. Let me give you this illustration. For instance, uh, I give you apple to uh, eat. And then when you finish the apple, he says, oh, can you have some other more? And then in Instead of giving you apple, this time I give you orange. Alright? When you look at those two, both are fruit. True or false? 
Orange is a fruit. Apple is a fruit. So it's another, but it's not another of the same kind. So I've given you apple, uh, orange in place of apple. I've given you another kind of fruit. But imagine you ask for additional fruit. And then after giving you the first apple, the second shot also comes in the same form as apple. The first one, the orange and the apple is what we call heteros. That is another of a different kind. And the second one, which is apple against apple, is what we call another of the same kind. Now, whatever the Holy Spirit was, or whatever Jesus was to the disciples and to us, that is the same thing the Holy Spirit is to us. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Another of the same kind. Allos. Another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. He said, I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another comforter. And this comforter is a helper. Somebody say he's a helper. Uh, so when you don't embrace fully the Holy Spirit, you are helpless. Somebody say, I'm helpless. Yeah, you are, help you are utterly helpless in dealing with the issues of life, in dealing with the challenges of life, in winning and living a successful Christian life, a victorious Christian life, you can't simply do it without the Holy Spirit. We don't live a holy life in the energy of the flesh. You can will, but you will still be lacking the capacity to fulfill what you will. Apostle Paul was speaking, he said, to will is present with me, but to do what I will, I find not. Then he said, there is what that is going on in my system. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He's a counselor. Somebody say he's a counselor. Have you ever needed a counselor? He is a counselor. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor. He intercedes for you. When you are weak, frail, and tired, and you don't know what to say, the Bible said, for we do not know what to pray like we ought to. But the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Somebody say the Holy Spirit is my intercessor. And you know what? When the Holy Spirit prays for you, he's direct. Because he never misses the will of God. He knows the exact will of God at any point in time. That's why praying in the Holy Spirit is so vital. Praying in tongue, praying in the Holy Spirit is vital. Apostle Paul was speaking. He said, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with understanding also. A lot of us. Even though we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are more comfortable praying with understanding. Listen. The prayer of the saint, the effectual prayer of the believer is best done in another tongue. Somebody say, it's best done in another tongue. Paul was speaking. He said, I will pray with the spirit. Now, when you go to the book of 1 Corinthians, where he talks about, I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with understanding also. He's simply giving you a certain order. He said, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with understanding also. Now, when somebody is saying that, I will do this and I will do that also, it means that the first one is more important than the second one. Praise God. When I do this and I'm not able to do the second one, I may be fine. But when I do the second one and I'm not able to do the first one, I'll be losing. The Bible said, dearly beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. He said, he that pray in an unknown tongue does not speak unto man for no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries unto God. He said, he that speaks in tongues edifies himself. How come you are down most of the time? How come every now and then your moods are just going on and off when there is no challenge whatsoever? You just lose concentration every now and then. There is no zest and drive in you. 
That's where you need to engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's an intercessor. Somebody say an advocate. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. An advocate is someone who can speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. He's your lawyer. The Holy Spirit is a strengthener. Somebody say a strengthener. And I like the last one. The Holy Spirit is a standby. Standing by for any instruction. Standing by for any kind of help. Any kind of assistance you ever need. May the Holy Ghost stand by you. I said may he stand by you. You are writing exams. You don't know what to write. While you are in the exams and you are confused. He says stand by waiting for your instruction. May the Holy Ghost stand by someone. Give me a believing amen there. Give me a believing amen. The Bible says. The spirit of truth whom the world, verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive. Welcome, take him to us. Because he does not see him or know him. And recognize him. For you know, but you know and recognize him. That's what this teaching is about. Knowing and recognizing him. There's nothing that can be as insulting as uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And you attributing it as something was telling me. Something was telling me. I, don't, I, I wonder how you feel if you came to tell me something. And when I'm reporting it to somebody else, I said, something told me. You. You have become something. I don't know how you feel. Praise God. Recognize him. Know him. He says, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Verse 18. He says, verse 18, quickly. I will not leave you as orphans. Somebody say, I will not leave you as orphans. Uh-huh. Listen, that means that when you don't embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you will function like an orphan. You will function. All the things orphans go through, that's what you go through. And there are Christians who are orphan Christians. May you not be an orphan Christian. I said, may you not be an orphan Christian. Comfortless, desolate, bereaved, fallen, helpless. I will come back to you. We need to know the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I need to know him. Yeah, I need to know him. And to know him, we need to discover what scripture says about him. Because we can't know him without the benefit of the word of God. God's word is where we find everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. So I'm walking you through fundamental truth about the Holy Spirit. This is just a foundation. Fundamental truth about the Holy Spirit. These are to establish your understanding about who the Holy Spirit is. Fundamental truth. Fundamental. Fundamental truth. These are truth every believer must know. Every Christian must know. And I'm not going to rush this. Because you see, this is a vital part of your work with God. Like what I was teaching yesterday. Salvation is fundamental to your Christian faith. When you don't know the Holy Spirit, you have not started living the Christian life. Because he's the one who made you safe. And he's the one who empowers you to live. Look at what Paul was speaking. He said, for work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then he said, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God. It is God. He's the one who is at work in you. So when you don't know the one at work in you, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to his power which worked in you. The Holy Spirit at work in you. So your abilities, your capacities are all limited by your revelation and knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Fundamental truth. Number one. We establish that the Holy Spirit is a person. Somebody say he's a person. 
Say the Holy Spirit is a person. Say it aloud. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He's a person. As a person, the Holy Spirit has intelligence. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, he said, But I have not seen nor ear had neither of it entered into the hearts of men. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he had revealed them unto us by his spirit. He's able to reveal things. He has intelligence. For, but he has revealed things. Yet the deep things of God. Verse 11. He said, for what man knows the things of a man? Save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Praise God. Verse 12. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the word, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit is intelligent. Somebody say he's intelligent. Yeah. That's why he's a person. He's a person because he has intelligence. That's number one. Number two, he is a person because he has a will. He has a will. He has a will. These are basic attributes of personality. He has a will. He has a will. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, but one and the same spirit works in all things, distributing to each individually as he wills. Somebody say he has a will. The Holy Spirit has a will. He gives to people according to his own will. In the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 7, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to proclaim the word in the province of Asia. That is his will. They wanted to go this way. The Holy Spirit said, that's not my will. He has a will. Number three, he has emotions. Somebody say emotions. The Holy Spirit has emotions. That's why sometimes in the service, when he comes upon people, they become all emotional and they express a certain emotion. The Holy Spirit has emotion. When you come to church and people are in tears in worship, you wonder something is wrong with them. Something is rather wrong with you. Praise God. You are the one something is wrong with. Some people get excited in the spirit and they begin to laugh without any sense of reason. And you look at it and you mock. Be very careful. Praise God. Because the spirit of God has emotions. He's the spirit of joy. Look at what the Bible says. He said, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. He says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are seed unto the day of redemption. Anybody who can be grieved is emotional. Do you understand that? Anybody who can be grieved, he is not only that he can be grieved, he can also be vexed. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 10. Isaiah 63, verse 10. He said, And they rebelled against, they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Isaiah 63, verse 10. Isaiah 63, verse 10. Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus' sake and for the love of the Spirit. Somebody say, The love of the Spirit. Love is an, is, 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 is an emotion. The love of the spirit. The love of the spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But a power of love. So he's a spirit of love. The Holy Spirit has emotion. Now quickly we want to look at biblical proofs of the personality of the Holy Spirit. How? Things that will help you understand that the Holy Spirit truly is a person. Biblical proofs of the personality of the Holy Spirit. What are some of the proofs? 
that the Holy Spirit is a person. I'll touch on three things. The first is the fact that personal pronouns are used to describe him. Somebody say personal pronouns. You see, you don't use a, a he for a cat. Praise God. Yeah. Personal pronouns are used to describe him. When you look at all the references there, you realize that one after the other, he's either referred to as he or he's referred to as him. The Holy Spirit, 16 times in the New Testament. The Greek pronoun for the Holy Spirit is echinios. Echinios. Now, echinios spelled E-C-H-E-I-N-O-S. Echinios. And echinios is a masculine pronoun. Praise God. That's the Holy Spirit. Used for the Holy Spirit. And it's used about 16 times in reference to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Somebody say he's a person. Now, let's quickly look at John 16, 7 to 14. These fundamental truths are very important because, you see, when you understand these things, then you begin to apply it to your life. Because when you don't know he's a person, you won't learn to relate to him. And a lot of us don't know how to relate to the Holy Spirit. We don't. We don't. And it's our ability to relate appropriately to the Holy Spirit that will set us apart and make us unique in the world that we live in. Look at it. He said, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will what? Send him. Somebody say, send him. Send him unto you. Look at verse 8. He said, and when he is what? Are you following the reading? When he is what? Come. He will what? Reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And of sin because they believe not on me. Verse 10. He said, and of righteousness because I go to the Father and ye see me no more. Verse 11. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Verse, uh, he said, I have yet many things to tell you, but ye cannot bear them now. Verse 13. How be it when he, somebody say when he. When he. Very important. When he, the Holy Spirit. When he, the Holy Spirit. So, please be careful how you address him. Just as you feel offended. When somebody's eka say, See, When say, you are an it. You are not comfortable. Praise God. And in learning to relate with a person. You see, you always have to know who a person is. What his characteristics are. So that you can flow with a person. Am I communicating? In order to have a solid and fluid relationship with people, you need to study them. Know what they like, what they don't like, what makes them excited, what gets them angry, and then you can flow comfortably with them. But when you don't learn these things, you can easily offend people. And the Holy Spirit is sometimes offended many times by the way we relate to him. And mind you, when you offend him, you are, you'll be at the losing end. Praise God. Because he is not the one you are helping. You, he, you, are, you are the one he is to help. And imagine that your greatest helper is offended with you. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you. Come on. Guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak and he will show you things to come. Can you see the number of times it's referred to as he? Personal pronouns are used to describe the Holy Spirit. Number two. So, the first reason why the Holy Spirit is a person is the fact that personal pronouns are used to describe him. Number two, the Holy Spirit is treated as a person. In scripture, again and again, he's treated as a person. Somebody say treated as a person. 
Say treated as a person. The Holy Spirit is treated as a person. He's treated as a person. The things we do to people, they are done to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's basically what it means to treat as a person. The Holy Spirit can be worshipped the same way God the Father is worshipped. Praise God. Praise God. He's treated as a person. Many personal treatments are always attributed to the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at it. In the book of Acts chapter 5, among many treatments we give to the Holy Spirit, biblically, one, the Holy Spirit can be lied against. Somebody say he can be lied to. You don't lie to a dog, you lie to a person. Praise God. Look at it, the Bible said, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep part of the prize of the land? So you can lie to the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He can be lied to. Number two, he can be resisted. The Holy Spirit as a person can be resisted. Acts chapter 7 verse 51. You stiff naked and uncircumcised in your heart. Please, I want you to make copious notes. And then go back and take time to study it. I'm teaching this thing as if I, I was teaching a Bible school. Yeah, because you need it. You need it. You need it. Most of the struggles people have is simply because the relationship with the Holy Spirit is not there. Once the relationship is there and maintained, things, a lot of casualties, you, you just walk in freedom. The Bible says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's liberty, 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 liberty. And now where the Spirit of God is fully allowed. I mean, imagine the early disciples with all their promises and their engagement. Without the Holy Spirit, they were powerless. But when the Holy Ghost came, the Bible said, these were men who were not learned, but they turned their word upside down. So you who is learned, when the Holy Ghost takes the better part of you, I don't know what you do to your world. May the Holy Ghost envelop your life. May the Holy Ghost possess your mind. May the Holy Ghost possess every part of your being. Can somebody give me a believing name in here? He's not a wind. He can manifest as such. He's not a feeling. He can come in that form. The Holy Spirit is not a fire. He can manifest as such. He's a person. Somebody say he's a person. He's a person. He said, you stiff naked, stiff naked and uncircumcised in heart. And yes, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. Did you see that? The Holy Ghost can be resisted. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers can. Number three. As a person, he can be blasphemed. He can be blasphemed. Mark chapter 3, verse 28 to 29. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men. Wherewith, soever they shall blaspheme. Verse 29. But he said, but he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Praise God. Blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. I'll teach on it. Praise God. Because sometimes some people have a certain idea of blasphemy which is not actually uh, blasphemy at all. So you need to understand what it means to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. That is looking at the fact that the Holy Spirit can be is treated as a person. Four, right? Yeah, I think it's four. 
For he can be insulted. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. So when they insult you, don't get worried. Praise God. It's a person that they insult. You can't say, dog, you are mad. And the dog will be coming at you. No. Dog doesn't hear that. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29. Hebrews 10 29. He says, and of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be taught worthy? Who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of a covenant, by which you will sanctify a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace. That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of grace can be insulted. Number five, he can be grieved. We touched on this. Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are seed unto the day of redemption. So, we are saying that the Holy Spirit is a person because, number one, personal pronouns are used to what? Describe him. Somebody say personal pronouns. Say personal pronouns are used to describe him. Then, number two, we are saying the Holy Spirit is a person because he is treated as such. He is treated in the scriptures as a person. And I've showed you a number of treatments. The fact that he can be lied against. The fact that he can be insulted. The fact that he can be blasphemed. The fact that all kinds of things can be done against the Holy Spirit. So, he's a person. And then, of course, number three, he acts as a person. Somebody say he acts as a person. So, beyond the fact that personal pronouns are used to describe him. Beyond the fact that he's treated as a person. Because you can be treated somebody as a person who does not know how to act as a person. Sometimes some people act in a certain foolish way and people treat them anyhow. And they get angry. If you're a human being, you must act like a human being. Am I communicating here? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is a person and he acts as a person. He acts as a person. What are some of the things people do? Persons speak. Somebody say they speak. And the Holy Spirit speaks. Acts chapter 10, verse 20. When he speaks, may you hear. Amen. I said, may your ear be sensitive to his voice. Acts 13, 2. He says, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, As we are fasting, may the Holy Spirit speak to you. Amen. As we are ministering to God, may the Holy Spirit speak to you. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, he spoke. So he's a speaking spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks. In fact, 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, he said, now the Spirit speaks expressly. He speaks very clearly. Without any ambiguity. The Holy Spirit speaks. May his voice be very clear to you. I said, may his voice be very clear to you. When you know a person well, when he speaks immediately, you pick a phone and the person is on the line, immediately you know it. True of us. I pray that you will come on that frequency with the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking. It can be about a person you want to marry. It can be about a business you want to engage. And he's speaking clearly, but you can't hear. Because you, you don't know how to discern his voice. No wonder in the book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 7, he said, he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is what? saying to the church. In Revelation, he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. The Spirit speaks to the church. May your ears be open to hear. I said, may your ears be open to hear. The Holy Spirit intercedes. 
That's one of the things. He intercedes. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. As a person, he intercedes. Jesus as a person intercedes. The Holy Spirit as a person also intercedes. Likewise, the Spirit helped our infirmity. For we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's wrong translation by the King James. The New Living Translation, the King, New King James translates it better. The Spirit himself, not itself. The Spirit himself, New King James Version, please. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So, listen. When you feel weary and you don't know how to pray, engage the Holy Spirit. Sweet Spirit of God, I yield my comment, my, 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 my account, everything to you. Take over and step in the gap to intercede on my behalf. Am I communicating here? Sometimes you are praying and you don't know your bearing. And sometimes that's how you do it. You just start out in the spirit. Praise God. Now, people have a lot of misconceptions. They say, uh, how come when you are praying, you just start and then you start in tongues? Where should we start from? Where should we start from? Paul said, I will pray. When somebody say, I will, it, does it look like uh, uh, he has to start something? I will means he's in, he's in charge. Is that not it? I will do this. It means I have capacity to do it. I will. And he said, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding also. As for tongue speaking there, please, whatever reservations, whatever Satan has taught you about it, because any wrong thing you have about tongue speaking, it must not have come from the Holy Spirit. It's coming from the devil. Straight from the pit of hell. Drop it and open up your spirit. I said, drop it and open up your spirit. Spirit. Open up your spirit. If I pray three hours, you can be sure two to two and a half hours will be in tongues. Yeah. I pray one hour, at least 40 to 45 minutes will be in tongues. Because you see, when you pray in the spirit, you are able to cover things that natural mind and human understanding cannot comprehend. He says, likewise, he helps our infirmity. Somebody say, help our infirmity. Because you don't know what to pray for. You don't know what to pray for. You don't know how, how many of you have been there where you don't know what to pray. That sometimes you find yourself in circumstances. You are so hard pressed. You, you don't even know what you should say again. That's the time to blast out in tongues. Blast in tongues. And by the time you realize some things have been shifted in the realm of the spirit for you. Can somebody give me an amen here? The moment you begin to feel you are too dignified to speak in tongues, you actually, <laughs> let me just uh, keep myself. Number four, the Holy Spirit teaches. As a person, he teaches. Somebody say he teaches. He teaches. He teaches you. There, there are many things the Holy Spirit has taught me. And he's still teaching me. And he teaches all kinds of things. He can teach you geography. He can teach you anatomy. He can teach you how to run your business. He can teach you how to keep your home. He can teach you how to raise your children. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. The Holy Spirit teaches all things. John chapter 14 verse 26. He says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send him, he will teach you all things. Can somebody release his faith for that? Teach you all things. All things. All things. 
things. All things. All things. All things means all things. You may not have not, you may have not gone to school, but the Holy Spirit can teach you. I said the Holy Spirit can teach you. All things. You see, all of these things will be done to you according to your faith. According to your faith. According to your faith. Bishop Ajinasari went to one of those Filipino countries to minister. And while he was there, he was speaking English and interpreting. But it looks like the interpreter was not too good. He just prayed, Spirit of God, grant me the ability to speak this language. And immediately, he started speaking the language. Spoke all through, preached in their language. When he finished, that was it. Praise God. Since tomorrow, he's never been able to speak that language again. The Holy Spirit can teach you all things. All things. You see, that's why he, we call him the helper. A helper must have the capacity to help you in every area of need. Is that not it? A genuine helper is not somebody who chooses the area he's going to help you. You know, I want to help you with your business. No. I just want to help you with your marriage. No. The Holy Spirit is an all-round helper. And may he help you like that. May you experience his help like that. To be able to enjoy that help, you need to know him. Know what he can do. What can he do to help you? He can teach you. He can teach you. He doesn't just teach you the word of God. That's part of it. But he can teach you more things. He, the Bible says he teaches you all things. And he will bring to remembrance all things whatsoever I have spoken to you. Number five. The Holy Spirit strives with men. That's number four. Right? I said the Holy Spirit acts as a person. Number one, he speaks. Number two, he intercedes. Number three, he teaches. Number four, he strives with men. Somebody says he strives with men. He's a person. He strives. He strives with men. He strives. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with men. My spirit. Somebody say my spirit. My spirit shall not always strive with men. Strive with men. Strive with men. Sometimes you yourself as a believer, you can be striving with the Holy Spirit. He's trying to get you on a certain course. And because you are not ready, you'll be fighting with, to strive is to fight. You'll be fighting what he wants to do with your life. There are times God is leading you in a particular direction. A certain man has come your way. He's the one you should say yes to. Because he's short and you don't like a short person. You'll be striving with the Holy Spirit. And this, it says, my spirit will not always strive with man. At a certain point, he will leave you alone. Praise God. At a, point, at a certain point, he won't continue to harass you and worry you. Sometimes you are in a particular sin. You are doing something that does not honor God. It's affecting your flow and your relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit convicts you about it and you ignore it blatantly. He won't strive with you always. Praise God. He won't strive. So, Formally, every time you did that act, you realize that your, your conscience pricked you and you felt discomfort. But after doing it for a month, two months, three months, after some time, when you do it, you don't hear anything again. It's a very bad place to be. Praise God. It's a very bad place to be. Because you see, when the Holy Spirit cannot get across to you to correct you, the same way when you need him to communicate something across to you, you will not be able to hear it. And that can be disastrous. Like, that's why you must always make sure that your spirit is light. I tell people all the time, don't harbor anything. Anything that can break your fellowship with the Holy Spirit, fight it. Do what? Fight it. Anything, 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 anything. 
Todos. The Holy Spirit testifies. Somebody say he testifies. He speaks, he intercedes, he teaches, he strives with men, and then he testifies. He testifies. John 15, 26. But when he, the comforter, is come, whom I will send to you, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Somebody say he testifies. Say he testifies. Number six. He commands. Somebody say he commands. The Holy Spirit commands. The Holy Spirit commands. He commands. At chapter 16 verse 6. And Paul and Silas passed through the territory of Phrygia. And Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the word in the province of Asia. That was a command. Say, don't do it. Don't do it. There are times you want to confront somebody and the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. That's a command. Don't do it. But if you don't know it, say, You know, this is your BB, BB. I don't know how. Sometimes when he tells you don't, sometimes people ignore it. And the after effect, you realize, no, I made a silly mistake of my life. Praise God. The Holy Spirit commands. I, I remember Paul, Paul was going to Jerusalem one time. And the Holy Spirit told him, listen, Jerusalem, you have no business in Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is a Jewish city. You are a court as an apostle to the Gentiles. And the Spirit of God gave him witness. That in Jerusalem, a lot of things will happen to you. He was zealous. I must go to Jerusalem. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it's in your best interest. Praise God. It's in your best interest. In making decisions and relating with certain people. There are certain people, the moment they come around you, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you, let go. Don't hang around this person. And you'll be breaking your conscience and mind every now and then. But some of us will blatantly ignore it. Know him. Somebody say know him. Know him. The Holy Spirit works. And he works miraculously. May he do a miracle in your life. May the Holy Spirit do a miracle in your life. In this season of fasting, may he work for you. I said may he work for you. The working of miracles is one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 15 verse. He said, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. May mighty signs and wonders follow your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. So that from Jerusalem and round about unto Erelkim, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Through mighty signs and wonders by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And I like this one. This one is a daily affair. Somebody say daily affair. Lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. You have called me. I have answered. Lead me, Lord, I will. 
The Holy Spirit leads. Somebody say the Holy Spirit leads. Say the Holy Spirit leads. Say the Holy Spirit leads. He guides and leads. He's a person. He guides and leads. And I tell you, the Bible said there's a way which met right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a way. There's a business. There's a man. There's a kind of person. When you connect with him, you'll be heading towards death. And the Holy Spirit has a capacity to lead you away from such people. May he lead you. In this, listen, every man can pray for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Pray for it. Pray for it. Pray for it. When he leads you, your path will always be safe. The car that will get involved in an accident, the Holy Spirit will lead you away from it. Can somebody give me a belief in amen? The Bible said, in fact, the leadership of the Holy Spirit is so important that the Bible says, if you are not led by the Holy Spirit, you are not a child of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. As many as are led. But, so, when you are not led by the Spirit, you are not a child of God. As many as are led. The ability to be led. John 16. He said, how be 16, 13. How be it, when he's come, he will guide you into all truth. Somebody say, guide you. Guide you, guide you, guide you. You know what a guide is? A guide protects you from harm. When you go to, let's say, wildlife, a game, Something, yeah. Something like that. Where wild animals are, you need a guide. If it is a hey, Charlie, Jamin, Mammy Koshia Buano. simple. Praise God. And you see, the world we live in, there are wild animals. I'm telling you, there are wild animals. In fact, the Bible so said that uh, he was talking in the book of he said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and what? That's how wild the world is. When you take your step like this, you move from your house. As you are stepping out, you are stepping on serpents and scorpions. You don't know them. I'm giving you power to tread. Now, can you imagine when you have a world full of serpents and scorpions? The people who look at you and look like they like, they like you. Serpents and scorpions. Your office people who you are like, they are your friends. Serpents and scorpions. Now, all of these people are available. How do you navigate your way? How do you walk into safety? In the midst of all of such people, the Holy Spirit must guide you. Am I communicating? He guides you. 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 There are some relationships. You have given them your all. But God knows that they are disastrous relationships. He must guide you. Sometimes he visits you in a dream of a night. And it begins to show you some of the things. Some of the people you so trust are planted. Guides you. Guides you. Guides you. Guides you. Guides you. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 29. And the Spirit said unto Philip, go near. May the Spirit speak to you. He said, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Go near. When a man comes to you to propose a love, don't just look at height and car. Spirit of God, is he the one? Am I communicating somebody? Yeah. Spirit of God. Do I go this way? Or I go that Shinikutrayem uh, way? Uh, yeah. Because it may just be today that Shinikutrayem. But tomorrow, 
you, have, you will be amazed at what God has in store for you. Somebody give me an amen. amen. And the Holy Spirit, let me close with this. Communes. Somebody say communes. Ooh, and this is so vital. Everything about your life, he communes. He communes. Just, when we talk about communion, we're talking about fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. 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 The Holy Spirit likes to romance you. That's fellowship. Fellowship. No, in fact, the, the Greek word there is more than romance. It's deeper than romance. Fellowship. The Bible said, now the grace of our Lord Jesus, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Be with you all the communion. Somebody say the communion. The more you commune with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the more you know his mind. And the more you know his mind, the better your life becomes. I pray that you will learn to relate with him. Yeah. I walked you through this so that you will know his personality. And then you begin to develop that relationship with him. Praise God. Yeah. He's somebody you can talk to because he speaks. And he hears. So speak to him. Those issues that are weighing you down. Speak to him. It's not, it's not all the time that you start. Father, intervene. Father, intervene. No. Spirit of God. This is where I am now. What's your opinion on this matter? This is what my boss is saying. What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And when you are not sure, you blast in tongues. Quieting your spirit. And then by the time you realize your mind is open, he's speaking to you. May you hear the Holy Spirit clearly. I said, may you hear the Holy Spirit clearly. Listen, most of our highlights will be dealt with simply when we get to know the Holy Spirit and relate with him as such. Pastor Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victories success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by pastor fuakwa please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor fuakwa on facebook and twitter you can also visit our website at www.faithhouse chapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you. Bye.